Well, this morning, uh, I want you to meet George. <laughs> Georgie, or King George. Uh, George is our new puppy. And while he's adorable, uh, he's been hard work, if you look at my saggy eyes, hard work of things like toilet training, uh, taking him to relieve himself during the night, settling down his separation anxiety, and pretty much checking on him all through the day. But one of the standout things about Georgie so far is that he is super, 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 super clingy. He wants attention, he follows us around, he makes a beeline to sit near our feet, on our laps or when we're in the room, and he whines, he whinges uh, when he's in his crate or when we leave the room. Well, keep Georgie in the back of your minds, we'll come back to him a bit later. Uh, this week we're continuing our series exploring the question, what is a disciple? Well, what does a disciple of Jesus look like? What does it mean to follow Jesus? Last week, we looked at the first and the central aspects of this. A disciple is saved by Jesus. And Tim, he took us through Ephesians chapter 2, reminding us yet again that we're all dead in our sins and we're made alive in Jesus. He saved us, not our good works, no other way, only Jesus well, today we're looking at uh, the next aspect. A disciple of Jesus is united to Jesus. You see, we're saved, but that's not all. We don't just make a commitment, uh, say the sinner's prayer, and that's all. We're to follow through on that commitment to Jesus, to keep walking, to keep going, to keep living for Jesus day by day, moment by moment, decision by decision. You see, these first two topics, saved by Jesus and united to Jesus, they're central aspects of being a disciple of Jesus. And in the weeks to come during this term, I will see these topics overflow into different areas of our lives that are transformed as we follow Jesus. So why is being united to Jesus so important today? Isn't being saved by Jesus enough? Well, I think there's four trends today that this particular topic or aspect responds to. The first trend is the group called nominal Christians, Sunday Christians, Christians by birth, or Christians by a decision 20 or 30 years ago. They call themselves Christians. They tick that census box. They might even go to church, but their life has no resemblance of someone saved by Jesus. The second trend uh, is a brand of Christianity that just wants to get people through the door, where it's a numbers game. It's a conversions and decisions game, even sometimes a financial or business success game. But there's no follow-up. There's no focus on spiritual growth. There's no push to keep going and persevere. It's all about people making decisions, and that's all. The third trend is an imbalanced picture of the Christian life, where the victorious and prosperous life is mistaken to be a comfortable and breezy life, when God's Word also clearly teaches us 
that we have to endure, we have to keep going, we have to take up our cross and follow Jesus to hold on to him day by day, and it's a continuous action of repentance and belief. And the fourth trend, Christians love band-aid solutions. People aren't going to prayer meetings. The solution is let's do a church series on prayer. People aren't serving. Let's do a series on serving. People aren't giving. Budget is down. Let's do a series on money. We do these things and it never really works. It never works because the issue is much deeper. It's much more fundamental. We don't serve, we don't pray, we don't give because we're not united to Jesus. We're not connected to Jesus. We're not close to Jesus at all. Angela told me that she's her work's go-to person for tech support, whether it's for people's monitors, computers, webcams, or TV outputs. And when she told me this, I laughed because she knows that she has no idea of what's going on. But she tells me that 90% of the tech issues at her work that she fixes is because of the simple reason that something wasn't connected or something wasn't turned on. And likewise for disciples of Jesus, I think our greatest issue, a basic issue, an overlooked topic, is that a disciple of Jesus is united to Jesus, is connected to Jesus, is drawing life and power from Jesus, walking with Jesus, enduring with Jesus day by day. Well, today we're going to be looking at this topic through the lens of John 15. There's many passages that look at this topic too. And just to get our bearings on this passage, it's the night before Jesus is crucified. Uh, Jesus' disciples, they're heading towards the Garden of Gethsemane. And on the way, they would have seen the temple gates with a golden vine wrapped around it. And the passage we see, it's part of a bigger section that goes up to verse 17. And there's a, a lot of overlap of topics in this passage. And while the words united or connected uh, never appear here, let me tell you this morning that this passage is all about being united to Jesus, being connected to Jesus, or the bigger words describe this union with Christ or mutual indwelling. Let's start at verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. The Bible, it's a story of finding God's true Messiah, God's true promised one, the true saviour. And here Jesus, he introduces himself as the true vine. You see, vines, vineyards, it was a common image everyone in this area knew about. And the Old Testament uses vine and vineyard comments most of the times it's used to describe Israel, a vineyard to produce good fruit for God. But every time Israel is described as a useless, fruitless vine, the people failed to do what they were supposed to do. They produced bad fruit. And here in John, as Jesus says, 
I am the true vine. He's actually saying, I'm what Israel failed to be. I'm, in fact, the true Israel. I'm the fulfillment of God's promises to Israel and about Israel. You see, when we look at God's word, where do we see God's promises flow through? Where do we see God's special and sent one? Who do we, who do we have to be connected to, to experience salvation, to be part of God's people? Well, previously, it was Israel, the Old Testament people of God, being a Jew, being connected to the nation of Israel. That's how you'd receive life in God's eternal kingdom. But God's word, Jesus, he declares here that there's been a change, a flip of the switch, a fulfillment in God's plan of salvation. And it's now focused on the true vine, the real vine, the true Israel, who's the true channel where God's blessings, salvation's blessings flow. And in light of this, instead of being a Jew and connected to Israel, believing in Jesus, the true Israel, being connected to Jesus, the true vine, is the basic reality of being part of the people of God. Well, let me ask you this morning, how clear is that for you, for us, that Jesus is the true vine, the source of all of God's blessings, the centre of God's saving work, the fulfilment of God's promises about Israel, whom we are to be connected to, to be part of the people of God. You see, that's what it means when we sing to Jesus, come thou fount of every blessing. Jesus, he's the fount, the source, the channel, the connection where every blessing flows. You see, Jesus, he's the true vine. He's the true Israel, the true channel where God's blessings flow, the true promised one from God who saves his people. No one else, nowhere else. Jesus, he's the true vine. Well, as we keep going, we're going to see this image keep going and being unpacked. Have a look at verse 3. It says, Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Jesus says the disciples, they were connected to Jesus. They were taking in his word. They were grasping his identity as God sent one. They had begun to believe in Jesus, and because of this, they were clean because of their trusting in Jesus. Verse 4 continues. It says, Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We see ourselves as Christians in uh, many different ways. We call ourselves a person of God, a follower of Jesus. Of course, there's different facets to the Christian life. Uh, we are children of God. We're co-heirs in Christ. We are richly blessed in Jesus. But at the same time, Jesus, he teaches here that in one sense, you're like a branch. I'm like a branch. 
The disciples are branches. We're all like branches. And what's the role of a branch? Well, it's all about connection, staying connected, abiding, remaining, being united. This word pops up seven times in these eight verses, and it's the main action word in this passage. In other words, it's not just one act of believing and trusting in Jesus. It's a continual action of staying, remaining, abiding in Jesus, a mutual indwelling where you're connected to Jesus and he is connected to you. Or in other words, united to Jesus, union with Christ. Now you might be thinking, reading this passage, hang on a second, branches, they bear fruit, right? That's what branches do. This passage is all about bearing fruit, isn't it? And while bearing fruit is an important thing, and it's something that ought to happen, it's not actually our primary role. See, we don't say, I'm a branch, it's time to bear fruit. We actually say, I'm a branch, it's time to stay connected to Jesus. It's time to be united to Jesus, drawing from his life-giving power like a branch draws nutrients from the vine. And it's when we're connected to Jesus, a visible result of this is bearing fruit. Now we're going to skim through the passage and see what Jesus says about branches and about staying connected to Jesus. And there's three quick points here. The first is pruning and cutting. Have a look at verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. See, while Jesus is the true vine, the Father is the vine dresser, the one in control of the whole vineyard, and he's doing two things to the branches. The first is pruning. Productive branches that produce good fruit, they're pruned to continue producing good fruit. Hebrews chapter 13 talks about the Father's loving discipline as a means to grow us more like Jesus. The second action is about cutting off. Dead branches get cut off. Those who don't persevere to the end, who never followed through on their commitment, those who weren't really saved in the first place, to be united to Jesus, they are cut off. Verse 6 talks about this. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. You see, branches are pruned or cut off. Second point about branches. This connection is marked by obedience. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words, Jesus talking, abide in you. Verse 9, verse 12, echo this again, obedience, obeying Jesus' commands. You see, being connected with Jesus means holding fast to all of his words and teaching, keeping his commands. And note the logic here. Branches who are connected to the vine already, they're called to obey 
disciples who are connected to Jesus already. They're called to obey. So it's not an obedience to earn favor or to earn salvation. It's an obedience because we're already saved. We're already united to Jesus. In fact, it's the life-giving power of Jesus that allows us, that gives us power to obey him, to follow him, the strength to live for him day by day. Staying connected with Jesus is marked by obedience. And the third thing here is about prayer. It's not the main point of the passage, but there's a great truth here about prayer that often gets misused and misunderstood. It's in verse 8. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it, it, and it will be done for you. You see, prayer is powerful, but prayer only works when we're connected to Jesus, when we're obeying Jesus, when his words are in us. And you know, when we come to God with a healthy connection with Jesus, we're going to pray good, Jesus-centered, kingdom-oriented, and God-focused prayers. And God's obviously going to answer them. He's going to answer them in his way and his time, but he's going to answer them. It sounds outrageous, but when we're connected to Jesus, we can pray big prayers, and we know that God will listen and respond. So before we keep going, we're like branches. Our role, our primary action is to stay connected, is to be united to Jesus, is to draw from his life-giving power. Well, as we move to our last section, it's not the main action of the disciples, but it's a result of branches staying connected, disciples being united to Jesus. It's been alluded through all through the passage. Connected branches bear fruit. You see, that's the result that Jesus wants from us as branches, as we're connected to him, the true vine. It's all through the passage again, six times in eight verses, bearing fruit, bearing fruit. We see this open and close the passage. Verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. And verse 8, by this, by abiding in Jesus, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Branches connected to Jesus bear fruit. Or you might rightly ask this morning, what's the fruit that we're to bear? Well, I think the passage gives a general idea uh, that's magnified elsewhere in the New Testament. And the general idea is the result of obeying Jesus in your, in, in your whole and entire life. Obeying Jesus in your whole life as you're more and more connected and united to him. And I think this includes growth in godliness, being salt and light in the world, loving and caring for those around us, serving in the church, in our community, seeing people and being part of people, being saved by Jesus, 
growing people to be more like Jesus, holding yourself onto the hope of life in Jesus through all seasons of your life, praising God in the sunshine and in the storms, any and all tangible evidences of your connection with Jesus are bearing fruit. You see, being connected to Jesus, being so united to, so trusting, so believing in Jesus, it's unavoidable in your life that you'll bear fruit. It's inevitable that you'll be caught up in living for Jesus, in the work of proclaiming Christ to yourself, to others, to those lost without Jesus, and making disciples of yourself and others, that you'll be bearing fruit in your life. But I think there's a warning in this passage too, because the opposite is true, is true too. Branches that aren't connected to Jesus, they don't bear fruit, they can do nothing. Verse 4. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You see, people who aren't connected to Jesus, not united to Jesus, even if they made a decision, a commitment, they said the sinner's prayer and they ritually go to church week to week, if you're not walking with Jesus, if you're not united to him, drawing from his life-giving power, you can do nothing. You won't bear fruit. And your future, unfortunately, is judgment being thrown out and burned up. The Apostle John, he's writing to first century Jews. He's reminding them that Jesus is the true vine and they need to be connected not to Israel but to Jesus. And he's warning them, if you're not connected to Jesus, you're not going to bear fruit and judgment awaits. And I think it's a warning for you and me today too. We need to be connected to Jesus. We need to be united to Jesus, day by day, drawing from and living in his life-giving power. Only then we will bear fruit as God's people. Branches are connected to Jesus, and the result is that these branches bear fruit. Now we're going to come back to Georgie. He's a puppy. He's 10 weeks old tomorrow. He's getting used to a new setting in our home still. Uh, he's also a cavoodle that loves attention from people. But he knows, Georgie knows, what it means to be connected. He knows what being united to someone means. He follows me around every moment he's not asleep and he whines, he whinges when something stops this from happening. And we do hope little Georgie grows and learns, but he knows, he knows what being connected means. He knows what being united to and being close to someone means. And I think we today can take a page out of Clingy George's book and how we consider being united to Jesus, staying close to Jesus, walking 
with Jesus every moment, drawing life-giving power from him every day, and being unhappy when we realize that we're walking apart from Jesus. Well, as we finish our time today, I have two questions for each of us to consider about this. First question, who are you connected to? Who are you connected to? Who are you united to? Today's passage tells us that we're to be united to Jesus, abiding in him, remaining in him, no one and nothing else. If you're a believer here this morning, you've been saved by Jesus. But who are you connected to today? Maybe you're in that group. You made a decision, a commitment years ago, but you're not exactly walking with Jesus day by day. You're doing your own thing. You've been doing your own thing for a while. You're connected to something else or someone else more than Jesus whether it be your work, your own comfort, your materials, your own selfish desires or ambitions, all of these, any of these, being more important than Jesus, being your life-giving power instead of Jesus. Or maybe you're in another group. You're connected to Jesus, but that connection, it needs some attention. It needs a bit of tech support, some focus, some refreshing, some prioritizing. And it's okay that, to admit that you're in this group. Most of us, in reality, are in this group. To say that prayer and Bible is a struggle sometimes, or surrendering a certain aspect of your life to Jesus is hard, or you haven't grown spiritually recently, or you find it hard to share the gospel with others. Or maybe this morning you hear this and you haven't accepted salvation in Jesus yet. Well, you're also connected to someone or something that's giving you life-giving power and hope and assurance. We see here in John 15 that Jesus, he's the best person to be united to. He's the true vine, the true Israel, the true promised saviour sent from God, being united to Jesus, it means drawing life, giving hope from the one source of eternal life. That life that was won on the cross as Jesus died for your sins. Who are you connected to today? Second question, how? How are you staying united to Jesus? How are you connected to him? How are you being refreshed by his life-giving hope? You see, most of us were followers of Jesus and staying connected to Jesus, being united to Jesus, walking with Jesus day by day is something that we do, but we know it's a struggle. You see, if this is the heartbeat of being a disciple of Jesus, if being united to Jesus is the fount where all blessings flow. Then it's a spiritual discipline. It's a rhythm of life and worshipping Jesus that we need to cultivate and grow in our lives. Because if you want to live, if you want to grow as a disciple of Jesus, 
then considering how you are staying united to Jesus is the action that you need to reflect on today. But if you're doing nothing to be united to Jesus day by day, most likely your connection with Jesus isn't going to be thriving. So how are you cultivating your union, your connection with Jesus? What's your rhythm of learning from Jesus, getting into his word? What's your rhythm of talking to Jesus, spending time in prayer? What's your rhythm of being reminded and refreshed by the good news of Jesus day by day, moment by moment? I need to confess that this week, with taking care of the new puppy, however adorable he is, my rhythm is messed up, and I need to reevaluate my personal rhythms in how I stay united to Jesus day by day. So let me ask you, what are your rhythms that are helping you stay united to Jesus, that helps you stay in that place where you can truly sing in every breath of your life in Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. Do you need to reevaluate your rhythms in staying close to Jesus today? J.D. Greer, he writes, salvation does indeed happen in a moment, and once you are saved, you are always saved. The mark, however, of someone who is saved is that they maintain their confession of faith until the end of their lives. Salvation is not a prayer you pray in a one-time ceremony and then move on from. Salvation is a posture of repentance and faith that you begin in a moment and maintain for the rest of your life. So as we finish off being united to Jesus, being in Christ, that posture of repentance and faith in Jesus It sounds so simple, but it's becoming forgotten in our churches today. I've been to churches, church events, pastors' conferences, and denominational gatherings where we don't sing about our connection to Jesus. We don't hear teaching on being united to Jesus. We hear a lot about fruitfulness, bearing fruit, but all of this apart from and outside of abiding or remaining in Jesus. This is the flavor of Christianity today, Christians without Christ. So let's hear the words of Jesus this morning. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Disciples of Jesus are saved by Jesus. And these disciples are called to be united to Jesus day by day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please bring us back to the simple yet life-changing reality of being united to Jesus. To be walking with Jesus day by day to be constantly refreshed and empowered by the love, grace, and mercy 
shown to us in Jesus when he gave us new life in his death and resurrection. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we stray, for the times when we neglect our connection with Jesus, for the times when we're more connected to something or someone other than Jesus. Lord God, help us to live and walk day by day according to the words in Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. It's in his name we pray. Amen.